0: to the everyday board game podcast with your host daniel and daniel daniel i see we're both dressed spooky like today you have a all more black. spooky yours is mine is business professional
1: <laughs> so yeah i'm uh i'm ready to record and i'm really into the
0: spooky season so that's right <laughs> i've been playing so many good spooky games lately that's been kind of my focus um, I recently just picked up that Horrified Game that I so happened to almost steal from your collection. Yep. Listeners yeah. to last week's podcast right will know exactly now. what I'm talking about. Yeah, it, that's a, it's so good. So good. I'm glad I got it in my collection. I, yeah.
1: I do enjoy it. I liked it. I rate it almost up there with the Universal Monsters. Mm-hmm. I just really love the Universal Monster movies. Um, but it is better than the Cryptids. Oh, yeah. It's much better. I, I love the board. Quite beautiful board. I love the lair aspect of the game. Um, yeah. And I just recently replayed it again on Saturday. Oh. Got our butts handed to us. We defeated the Basilisk, that's it.
0: Oh, wow. Well. And we I thought the Basilisk was going to be the hard one. No, he too. was easy. Yeah, easy. He's, he's easy to beat.
1: Yeah, that's why he's low grade. Because all you have to do is, hey, you bless these, they get a plus two, and then yep. whatever you need after that. Right. To the point where we had a bunch of sixes up there, plus two. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, we 80. had
0: exactly thirty. We didn't have to give up anything just to fight him with those. Oh wow, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I I genuinely thought it was gonna be a lot more difficult when we first played it. We we're like, oh my gosh, you need a thirty. Oh wait, you can use these. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, can yeah. Do that. Oh, and they're plus two each. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's too easy. But we also played. Uh, we
1: played against the Siren uh, as my wife and our other friends. We played it on Sunday.
0: That's okay. when we
1: played it. We played against the Siren and we played against the. Um, wasn't the Minotaur. It was the other one we didn't play against. Uh, cause
0: uh, not the Service, Yeah, Cerberus, yes. The yeah. door.
1: Yeah, that one, we we completed the Siren, and we were going to go start to fight her, but we ran out of cards. Uh. Because Cerberus' special ability, mm-hmm. he topped the deck, so he takes one off the top of the monster deck.
0: Oh, wow. So he
1: makes it faster. So every time he, he activates, and you roll the dice, and you get the exclamation point, he takes a card off the top of the deck. It
0: hurts. Yeah, that genuinely hurts. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That that game always normally ends in like kind of like a tight. Yeah. Spot, but ooh. So we got the loss of the
1: siren. We beat the basculist because that was the easiest one. We yeah. got we got we got close to the uh the uh, siren. We finished the top part. We were getting ready to go fighter. We just had enough green to go do it. And Cerberus, we had most of the door done. We had to do the main part of the door to open it. We've already found his lair and everything, but yeah. Because he kept top, he activated a few times and rolled the exclamation point almost every time. So he took about four or five cards off
0: the top of the monster deck. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, why not? Yeah, so it was, it was fun, though. That's brutal. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, I, I want to play it again, but yeah, I haven't played those ones yet. No. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to do like a, a trio one of these nights and see if we can get through all three of them. Like the gauntlet of, like, the Forbidden Island. Forbidden, yeah, 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 The desert. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You have to play the same color character. You have to play all three games so all three. So,
1: when you randomize it in the first game, you have to play that character all yes. the way through. Yes.
0: Okay. 100%. percent yeah. you in? Yeah, I'm down to all do right. that. We're doing a Horrified Gauntlet. I love <laughs> it. All right. Well, with that being said, spooky season, you brought it up at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing an episode. Uh We've been doing the past two episodes. Have been already dark themed. Uh, the first one was like uh, some kind of monster theme or whatever. Well, it was. we
1: did the top eight debate, uh,
0: murder mystery. Murder mystery. And then last week's episode was a Jits and Giggles episode where we talked about what games, if our collections had to be purged, which is definitely a nightmare yeah. oh. scenario, which ones we'd steal from each other's collections. Yep. And then this week, we're going to be talking about a studio that is specializing in scary, spooky season games. And that's Trick or Treat Studios. They mostly specialize
1: now. They're going. They have the classic line, right?
0: Which is interesting. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna bring this up a little bit more when we actually get there. But I had the pleasure of meeting a few of the guys that are like the main guys who are involved in the actual Trick or Treat Studios, mm-hmm. uh, the game side, and like they're pretty yeah,
1: important they're, as
0: far as their actual business. Too. Oh yeah, because they're this, not. This is a small portion of it. Yeah.
1: The the games are just kind of a small section of what they do, because they do Halloween masks, like uh, the mask. they do some really good ones too. Because I think they're like visual effects people, from what I'm seeing there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, There are uh, FX professionals, but they also do like, um, a lot of people who like their anime statues or their video game statues, they do the same thing, but for the horror side of things.
0: Exactly, yep. So we're going to be talking about them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But before we've been doing that, Daniel... This We now do news now, yeah. which is crazy to think about. Only once a month. Only once a month, yeah. I mean, I don't know too many people who are going to tune in specifically for our news, but yeah. the, the fact that you and I have such an eclectic background in in the first place, yeah. Uh, we, we try to get some news that you might have heard on Dice Tower. We try to get some news that you might have heard on Watch It Play. Played. We try to get some news that you might have gotten emails for if you were in the right yeah. places. Yeah. And we try to get news that you might not have heard of. That's kind of my goal. I don't know about yours. But. Yeah, pretty
1: much. I just go, uh, like, different places where I can find news, something that sounds interesting to me. I, I pull it up. I'll Okay, I'll write this. I'll look into it. Uh, like, there was one point where I announced something... That not a lot of people have talked about. I only just randomly found it because mm-hmm. I got a, an offer for to pre-order it on Miniature Market. And it was for the new Horrified system. Yes. I was the one that said they're coming up with the Greek Monsters. They didn't even have a cover title for it. Right. They just said, Horrified Greek Monsters. And I'm like,
0: oh, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and I'm glad you did because that's that's such a good, important tool that we have that yeah. we're doing this. So, we have a lot that we're going to talk about. Hope you guys enjoy the news. Uh, do you have anything to go off of or talk about before we get into the news part of it? No, not really. I have my four pieces of news, and I'm ready to go. That's right. on brand, We're sticking with eight. Here we go. You'll be starting us off. Okay, so the first piece of
1: news is a bit of an old news thing, but I did tell you that I was going to bring it up next time we did the news because mm-hmm. Game Nerds sent me their statistics for Nerds Day, which was yeah. in early August, uh, so they got this to me towards the end of September and we didn't get to talk about it Mm -hmm. uh, or like mid-September or before uh, last time we talked about the news it was after very shortly after so this is interesting facts about the the Game Nerd stats that they had so first off there was 200,000 unique visitors to GameNerds.com that day that doesn't Uh, mean everybody bought uh,
0: everything but no no
1: not everybody bought but everybody checked stuff out yep Uh, there was Thirty thousand orders placed that day, a fifty percent increase from the year before, 2022. Yep, they sold 600 copies of Brass Birmingham. They sold it out in three minutes,
0: which is pretty crazy.
1: Uh, Wingspan Asia also sold sold 600 copies. They sold out in a minute. Uh, At the time they sent me this letter, they were filling twice as fast as they did in 2022. And I kind of knew that to be true because at the same time they did Nerds Day in 2022, they were also moving warehouses. So all that stuff was a slog down. At the time, they estimated they were going to be done shipping everything out from Nerds Day on September 8th. I don't know if they hit that goal or not. But the fact that they... We're getting it done in three weeks uh, yeah. after thirty thousand orders placed. That is impressive. That really is. So I thought that was just interesting bit of news. I know it's a little bit late, late news, but no well, one, I, no one I saw ever broke down the stats that they did for dirt days. So, right,
0: and no, very few companies do that. I mean, twenty thousand orders is 30. crazy. Thirty thousand orders. <laughs> is just insane. And they I believe they said something along the lines that they were planning on fulfilling it by the end of the month or something like that. Oh, yeah. All, all, it was only like a few weeks worth.
1: All stuff should be ready to go. Uh, it was supposed to be the 28th of August. All stuff was supposed to be ready to go. Yeah. Everything shipped out by the 8th of September. <laughs> that was crazy. And the fact that they wow. sold 600 copies of Brass Birmingham in three minutes and 600 copies of Wingspan Asia, they sold 1,200 copies of games Yes. In four and a half minutes.
0: Yes. That is crazy. Yeah, that's obscene. Honestly, that that's absolutely gross. But it's awesome. And mm-hmm. congratulations to uh, game nerds. Hey, if you want to sponsor us for talking about this, just let us know. We'll be happy. Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. <laughs> don't worry. You we're don't. Do... <laughs> you send your hate mail to Daniel at everydayboardgames.com. Now, they
1: wouldn't send it to me. They like me. I buy them for them all the time.
0: That's true. I've bought what? One... No, I've bought more through you than I have. Uh, Yeah, I'm making an order. Hey, can you get me this? Yeah. (laughs) So the first thing I wanted to talk about is something that they officially announced, and they talked about it a little bit at the Gamma Trade Show this year, and they finally uh, showed off some of the product. Pegasus Spiel has Mm. announced that they are doing the newest Micro Macro, which is the fourth in the quadrilogy, and with along that, they are releasing a bonus box, mm-hmm. which is maybe some scenarios, maybe some extra little packs of some kind that have to do with all four maps. And apparently at the most recent Essence spiel, they actually had a printout of the four maps as one, one large map. Yeah. Which I think if i my estimates were about right, it's about six feet tall, 10 feet wide. Yeah. Give or take. Something like that. Which yeah. leads a lot of people to ask who asked for this. I don't think anybody necessarily asked for it, but I've already liked all first three games and when they revealed that information to me during gamma, I was like, Wow, that's um awesome. Yeah, no like, I, it's is it necessary? Absolutely not.
1: Uh, yeah, and the thing is like awesome. most most people are gonna have to do it like uh, freaking architect blueprints where it's like, here's the top sheet, all right, yep, flip it over, yep. hey. all right, Here we go, here we
0: go. it's <laughs> we right, go. it's 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 that. I don't think there's going to be too many scenarios. Like, that would be really mean if you had to like completely like backtrack back and forth. Now I'm sure there's going to be at least one scenario that starts in one, one map and, and it that goes, goes to all, all three. Yeah, or all three others. Yeah, it, it, that, which is really intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I would lo- gladly like to do it. Each of the scenarios I've ever seen, each of the crimes that we solve, it just has a humorous story. It's just silly, mm-hmm. and it's just an overall fun experience. So I like it a lot, and I was excited to hear that news. Micro macro getting the bonus pack and their fourth one oh, have... they did say that that's done with the crime city um series okay which of course everyone else said oh well they're done with the crime city series they're just going to do another mic back yeah now. So it's just not going to be crime city or it's something. it's not like going to be crime city
1: uh watch they're going to get the where's waldo license
0: <laughs> now if they got the where's waldo
1: can you imagine that though that would be fantastic it'd be fun turning Where's waldo into a uh, actually a really good game yeah No, but uh, I was remembering why... uh, Because I'm like, I remember I was talking about this, but only in passing. It wasn't because of the last news, period. Right. We were talking about it because Micro Macro was in the Murder Mystery eight debate, and that's when we talked about
0: the expansion. That's right. So, my first bit of news. On to our second? Mm Mm-hmm. Back to you. All right. My second bit of news was something that uh, we had predicted, actually, that I thought very, very keen should have been a thing long ago that i've been wanting during our big box mm. episode and now since that episode there has at least been a couple of big boxes this one right above my head right here the yellow one that still doesn't fit the tree which is stupid it
1: fits the tree just not built well done <laughs> same with the base set.
0: it's it's dumb anyway everdell got a big box but one of the main ones that i said Actually, this was number one on my list, I think it was number one on both of our lists. Right. And that was just because I wanted the tree to be put in there, because otherwise it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But the one that I really was pushing for... Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: That's what I was saying. This one was on both of our lists. I know what you're talking about.
0: Century Spice Road. Mm Mm-hmm. This one needed a big box, because all three boxes um have a lot of overlapping components mm-hmm. but they could be played separately yeah and their three boxes were put together as a long continuous um, mosaic, piece of art well mo- uh whatever it's called mosaic mosaic i believe no it's not a mosaic, no, mosaic uh, is like tiles and stuff uh mural mural there you yeah but and it's just one long piece of art with and It's an beautiful N. yeah and you could have easily just put it in one big box with one piece of art and they they decided not quite to do that it's kind of like more of a regal look but Mm -hmm. it looks very pretty yeah and they're finally only going to have need to use the components from that now the only thing is i don't know if this is just a box to put your games in both
1: oh are they? you could buy buy the big box that has all the games in it or you could just buy the big box that comes with a small expansion that they're including with the big box oh i see to put your already existing stuff into it
0: good Good. That's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Get people Next move options. games or uh, Plan B games. Yes, that is the right choice to make. Thank you for giving those those options. I want that big box already because I have all three games and I've been wanting to put them in one box. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I actually believe that I could have if done my Tetris. Moves, and honestly, I could have put them in one. Yeah, you take box. out
1: the insert. You bag uh, the cards that you need to bag. You only yeah. keep
0: one set of. Of the tokens, yep.
1: Yeah, it, and it works fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Put the coins in the cups. Put yep. the cups in the corner. Yeah, no problem. No, no problem at all. Yeah, no. i la- I'm You might have a this.
1: little bit of list, but that's about it.
0: Yeah. Either way, so that's gonna be my second piece of news: Century Big Box, Century Spice Big Box, Box. Edition. They, yeah. Tongue twister. Sorry. Yeah, so my second piece of news is not
1: good news, uh, we were just discussing this uh, before we... <laughs> we were
0: just discussing it.
1: Yeah, we were just uh, just discussing it before uh, we were doing this, this way we didn't have overlapping news. Yep. Um, the one I'm going to talk about here, uh, especially since the Essence spiel just happened, uh, this was back in September, HABA declared bankruptcy, gave bankruptcy the HABA game company. Yep. They They already had massive layoffs earlier in the year. They are closing their clothing line, which I think was only in Europe. Right, I had no idea. I had no idea they had a closing line. And they're doing a massive restructure. Hopefully it doesn't affect uh, the gaming side of stuff too, too much. Um, Our heart goes out to the people who got laid off. Um, You know, the closing line, that's a lot of people that got laid off there too. And I hope Papa stays around because there are some of the best children's game and family games out there. They make some of the best quality stuff. Um, I hope the quality doesn't go down, but I can understand if they got to make some cost cutting efforts and stuff like that because those wood chunky pieces for the kids Mm -hmm. game are phenomenal. But yeah, so unfortunately HABA did declare bankruptcy, uh, I believe in Germany or in the EU. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, if, from what I understand, it's just a restructuring the bankruptcy.
0: Right. It's not, it's a, I mean, no bankruptcy is good, but this is the kind where they reshift some stuff right around, yeah. fix it's things. Yeah, it's not a liquidation yeah. bankruptcy. Yeah, right. exactly, where they have to sell off assets and everything.
1: Yeah, so there might be some assets that get sold off, and it's more along the lines of they're just putting an internal focus on certain things. So right. hopefully they come back strong.
0: There you go. I hope so, too. On to our second piece, or sure. third piece of news.
1: Uh, this is to me, and so I'm going to go ahead and talk about one that you and me both decided to talk about, and you're like, okay,
0: you can do it. All right, take it off my list. Uh,
1: the okay. reason why I want to do this one is I want to leave my last one because, you know, it's a Halloween kind of thing. Uh, this is a game announcement that you and me are both excited about, because why?
0: Stefan Feld. Uh,
1: Deep Print Games is working with Stefan Fell to create a new game called Civ- Civolution. It is, you're basically deities uh, in a civ building game, so you're creating civilizations as different deities. And that this is what this, this is what got me, Tech Tree Dice Placement.
0: Yes. Yeah. And let's be real. I mean, it's not going to be a real civilization game. It's really not. Um, we're not looking for a theme. Yeah. We're looking because it's Stefan so Fell. It's Stefan Fell. And but
1: even then, Dice Placement, I love uh, Tech yep. Tree. Like, yep. I have Tech Tree, the board games, right there, <laughs> right, right above your head, uh, Beyond the Sun. So yep. I love that kind of stuff. So in the fact that it's a Feld game, of course you and me are interested in it. We're Feldians.
0: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no. And this has been, like, other than the Queen games, like, yeah. like, this has been, like, his only real new one. New one, one yeah. Really. So uh, it's good to see.
1: There's two new Queen ones, um, Marrakesh, and I can't remember what the other one is it's supposed to be coming with... Uh, the next set that's supposed to go on kickstarter Mm -hmm. uh but yeah there you got those this one everything else is just stuff that's coming back to print
0: so yeah Yeah, exactly so uh, granted he never had more than like one big game a year anyway but Mm -hmm. it seems like it's been a hot minute yeah i I can't even
1: think like marrakesh i think was the last new game and that's been several or that was was announced and we just received it recently but it was announced mm-hmm. what 2021 something like that yeah and so yeah it's been oh, a lot of okay. minutes it's new game because like, i can't think of another one I, uh, castles of tuscany maybe right. it's like the last new one but that's more of a re-implementation of already solid design yeah so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to it i want to see the cover deep print games they they're pretty good they have a good i don't ch- know much about them they have uh no i'm thinking of deep water games i was gonna think of the the flipping right one but that's the uh-huh. uh, blue cocker and they went with deep water so we'll see uh i'll look more into them later but the fact that they yep. announced civil or several civolution and stefan feld tech yep. tree dice placement
0: yep shut yeah. up and take my money <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly Alright, uh third piece of news I wanted to talk about was something that I'm actually surprised you didn't even bring up. It's a new game from one of our favorite designers. That narrows it down, for walker Hardy. Uh-huh. I figured It's this actually was kind of a remake. I think I, I figured this one was going to be on your news. Yeah, one. well, I'm excited about it. It's the Silver and Gold Pyramids. Yeah, pyramids, yep. Yeah. And it's a pyramid-themed version of Silver and Gold. Because we discussed this later, or back in the day, is that Pier, uh, Pandasaurus said that they're just not going to make silver and gold again and we wanted it to be remade we were Mm -hmm. like man you know it needs to stay in print and i do see it every once in a while in the wild where people have the chance to buy it yeah exactly so it's like i'm surprised why people don't buy it yet because it was really just a fantastic little uh flipping right flipping right yeah Yeah. so i definitely encourage you go try to buy it um if you get a chance to but for those of you who don't see it in the wild or can't buy it the new one pyramids is coming out soon it looks mostly like a remake there's a couple little changes here and there yeah it's
1: more archaeology theme rather than pirate i guess or treasure hunting yeah
0: treasure hunting but if I even if they had it just a re-theme i'm still gonna buy it
1: oh yeah i'm still gonna get it i i'll, I'll keep both
0: copies i love
1: that game a lot uh and i knew you were going to talk about this was because anytime phil walker hard
0: news comes up <laughs> yeah it goes I, to you I tend to go for it yeah yeah Which I, again i'm just surprised <laughs> that you didn't it was on my short list okay all yeah. right cool like I said, it was just like, I was hoping for that, like, dramatic, like, oh, what? Like, how did I not yeah. hear that? Yeah. Oh, well.
1: No, I knew it was coming, but I'm like, he's going to talk about that. I know he probably talk about the fell, but just in case, because yeah. sometimes you don't catch the news that I catch.
0: Yeah, I have more true.
1: free time to look at stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. No, I, I do. You, you work
1: Monday through Friday, and you deal yes. with students all day, so... Monday through Saturday. <sighs> oh, that's true. You also oh, have I- your side gig.
0: Yep. I also have sighting Anyway, but yeah, and that's my third piece of news. On to our final piece of news. righty. For this week's episode. Alright. We've just been going back and forth. So this last piece of news was something that I thought was really intriguing. And this is uh this is definitely intriguing from my point of view as a game designer. Mm-hmm. But from other from other companies, there is a bunch of different companies that do like um pledge manager, that do like Kickstarter variation, yeah. like all this stuff, right? And the, one of the biggest ones is called BackerKit. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that? Yeah, you heard uh, about this news? No, what what is going on with there? But I just know BackerKit. So. Okay, so BackerKit, yeah, they they were um, originally they were just a company that handles you Pledges. know people pledging on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and they created a system to help it work out. Then they created the their own crowdsourcing. Um, what's that? Backer Kit's the worst system, but yes. Right. Well, I don't. There's plenty of opinions anywhere, but yeah. I mean, I don't use them that much, but they they created their own crowdsourcing campaign mm-hmm. or um, platform where you could do that as well. but they made a very bold move where they announced that they are going that all projects that solely rely on AI generated content or art will be instantly banned
1: oh okay they
0: are absolutely not going to allow it which is crazy because like i know recently there was a couple of like there's a couple of companies that say that you know they do ai art um just because of it and i had some long discussions about ai because i i'm a fan of ai Mm -hmm. generative stuff yeah like i don't necessarily use it as a commercial product or no we did kind of
1: ai came up with our, our our next segment next week's segment
0: Oh, well, we came up with the title, yeah. sure. Yeah, we came up with the segment, but, yeah. But, okay, you're not wrong on that, but, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, yeah, we have another segment that came up that we asked AI for a name, and it was a pretty good we, one. Yeah, it was a good one. But, um, but really, that's, like, the only thing I've ever used in a production like yeah. this. And and I, uh, in full honesty, I've even asked, like, board game designers, it's like, what are you guys' thoughts on, like, different levels of AI? Should you use it as a prototype? Should you use it in a pitch? Should you use it as if you're just a one and if you're just a single game designer who has to, who can't just afford it and mm-hmm. you're trying to get your games out to the public? Like, it, it's hard to get just open source images. Mm-hmm. Or if you're definitely not a graphic designer, I've gotten better over the years, but I'm not a good graphic designer. Yeah. <laughs> I've got okay, I've gotten <laughs> functional yeah, over yeah. the years. <laughs> Which is better than non-functional. But, and I've toyed with that idea. It's like, man, like, how bad is AI? Like, I get a lot of the tones of it. And I and I totally agree with 100% of the artists because I have a lot of art in my family and yeah, a lot and of artists' as friends. I think the big part of it is it.
1: because the way the AI works is because it's actually pulling from actual art. Right.
0: It had to use actual artists' to... concepts. Yeah. yeah. And, and what, and that a hundred percent I agree with, because if I was talking to an author this, this last weekend, which I'll be talking about in the next, in the next episode, um, and she was saying, like, yeah, you know, like this is, she was like, I stopped using Google docs just in case they, they agree to start pulling AI from it. Mm -hmm. She was like, if now, of course, if Google comes up to me and says Hey, we'll pay you a thousand dollars for every book you've written. She was like, I'm going to start writing more books then. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, absolutely. I would sell that. You know, because that's hilarious. See, my, but, my,
1: my thing with the AI, like I, I understand the art side of it.
0: Yeah.
1: My thing is, like, if you're using it to help clean up your your, your writing skills sure. or stuff like that, it's a tool. It's a tool that you need to use. Right. If I use it to help me clarify rules and to right. fix it, because a big thing, too, is people's rule books, or some rule books are really atrocious. Yep. If you use
0: it to help to clean up the language of the rule book, I see no problem with that. That's true. and And, you know, like, Take Grammarly, for example. Mm-hmm. That's a company that does. Um, it, it helps you with your grammar. Mm-hmm. It helps like change wordy things. That is AI. I it, mean, it's, it's, in an essence, yeah, it's an it's so. an
1: AI in essence that has like a thesaurus. So it's like, hey, you've been using this word a lot. Yeah. How about you use these uh, substitutes, sure. and stuff like that? Stuff like that helps. It helps people get better at their writing. It helps people be more concise. It really helps people that have like dyslexia and stuff like that become yeah. better writers because. They're normally afraid to write because they don't see the world as we see it. They don't re- see the reading world as we see right. it. words and stuff like that. So Grammarly or AI can help them become better at certain things too. So right. I I see it, but I see it as this: it's
0: a tool. You can abuse yep. it or you can use it properly. Right, that's true. Yeah, that same tool can be used to to be abused at mm-hmm. the same time. But I just I, I appreciated the fact that BackerKit took just. They're they're the first company that I'm really aware of in the board gaming community that took a very strong stand. And just yeah, it's like interesting. Flat out banned. They're like, still
1: the they're, they're still the worst pledge manager.
0: Sure, but the <laughs> fact that they're standing up for yeah. something like that, I'm sure that didn't hurt their their public opinion.
1: And that, that's the thing too. It's like when you're looking at the the strikes that are going on too, uh, with the writers' guild yep. and the the SAG-AFTRA. Uh, Mm Um, they, they're fighting because AI is getting to the capability where there was a, there's something that SAG was saying is that the studios wanted to use one, uh, pay an actor for one day of work. Uh, they come in, do some stuff, they make some scans Mm -hmm. and they only get paid for that one day, but then the, the studio can use that, uh, scan or facial thing that they did perpetually as much as they want to because yep. of that way A- ai has been working lately and yeah i can understand you need protections from stuff like that because yep. it's so easily abused because just like internet when it first started it's the wild west there's there's yep. there we're we're so slow on the upkeep to getting everything protected and protection i mean people are using ai for illegal stuff yep. uh, i don't want to go too much in depth so right. it's it's the Wild West right now when it comes to this kind of technology and the fact that backer kit is making a stand on there, it's, it's something that needs to be done more.
0: Right. There was one, I when you said like doing illegal stuff, there was one thing that did crack me up that, that I saw a post about it where they were talking to G P T where they said, where he asked them a question where I said, right. hey, GPT, give me a list of websites I can, down, I can download movies that I want to watch. And it re- responded. It's like that is morally wrong. Like it, it, doesn't help that. It was like, and then so the guy responded. is like, yes, and I want to make sure that I avoid them. So can you please give me a list so I can know to avoid them? And then it listed ten. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like that's you're smarter than than AI yeah, at that yeah. point <laughs> because but that's funny. But no, they're... I I agree with it. It's 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 hard for I. I, and I want to support artists mm-hmm. in 100% of the yeah. ways I can. I paid for art for games that I'm never going to mass produce, right? Yeah. And I paid them for their time because they 100% deserve it. Um, but not everyone is as comfortable as I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the thing that I feel for some of the, the fledgling designers. Yeah. And that's why I wish it was more for them where they can instead of... Because that that's the thing that I feel is the hardest part about AI art. The reason why somebody would want to do AI art is if they are a, an aspiring designer
1: mm-hmm.
0: and either can't afford or um, or just doesn't have the structure to get an artist
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. for no. their games. I get that part. That's
0: that I feel is like the only like almost pro for ai art Mm -hmm. and even then i still disagree with it i thought this was interesting my only thing with the ai art when you're talking
1: about something like that is like if you're using it for prototyping just to try to the sell to companies then yeah but if you're going to put it on the backer kit maybe you should uh get pay someone if you can agree
0: but let's let's say um i I met a designer at this recent convention right Mm -hmm. and he had i don't know probably about 20 pieces of art in his game, give or take. I mean, there's, there's more to that than that, but uh, at least 20 pieces of art. Well, a good artist is, you know, 40 bucks an hour, you know, realistically. And that, and that's a very meaningful amount of payment. Yeah. $40 an hour, maybe two hours for a piece of art, right? Yeah. Like coloring and designing that's 80 bucks Mm -hmm. times 20. That's $1,600 $1600 right there. No,
1: no, yeah, I get that.
0: And that is just not feasible for for some, people, yeah. for some people to be able to do. And that's just to make the the data, the the digital files of what they need to do, then they got to print it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. With with Kickstarter being a pre-order system now, that is so difficult for an aspiring designer. Oh,
1: yeah. Very much so. Um, but, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's pros and cons to anything. There's a YouTuber I watch, Philip DeFranco. He talks about the news sure. and stuff like that. And he talks about AI every so often. And everything he says, you got to be careful with it because right now is the worst AI is ever going to be from now on. It's yeah. only going to get better. It's only going to get
0: better. That's right. Yep. Yeah. No, and and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As someone who likes AI, <laughs> uh, I, I a hundred percent, I will have any artist back when they say do not use, do not use AI art. I one hundred percent agree with it. All right, so
1: for my bit of piece of news after that digression, that was
0: that, huge. I'm so sorry. Oh no, that
1: was that was good. This is going to be a short episode anyway. so yeah, it's a great discussion. Uh, so my last piece of news is an interesting news, and I kind of wanted to do this one because it's kind of a spooky theme. <gasps> uh, it's Doctor Frankenstein. <sighs> It is a reprint of Frankenstein, which was a two-player game set collection where one person's playing the Dr. Frankenstein, the other player's uh, playing Igor, and you're doing a set collection. This is going to be uh, reworking of the rules. It's made by the same designer, Michael Schott. You may know him from Scotland Yard in Zuloretto, uh, Colore- Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have some slight rule changes and a streamlining. It's going to add uh, two to four players rather than a two-player game. Uh, it's called Dr. Frankenstein now. So sure. it's intriguing for me like that. I thought it would perfect for like a Halloween news. so A reprint of a game from 2005.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's... Reprint, that's, reworking. Wow. Yeah. 18 years from then.
1: Yeah, so everything uh, I've, I've read on re- the original Frankenstein is very abstracted. So I want to see if sure. it's more than likely going to stay that same abstracted.
0: Are, are you a fan of Michael Schacht games? I like Zuloretto loretto okay. i haven't
1: played scotland yard so i like i looked at some of his so games
0: he didn't make scotland yard it said it was tagged on his thing hmm. i might be wrong but i don't think he did he did um metro and they did uh it said scotland yard on his the...
1: bgg so that's,
0: that's why weird. i pulled it up yeah okay well then if i if that's the case i said totally correct <laughs> it. um but yeah like i i know there. i brought a few of his games that you're like eh.
1: yeah I like Zularetto. I haven't yeah. played Coloretto just because you know colors.
0: Uh, yeah, it's actually not too bad. Is it? Yeah, yeah I, I do love it. I
1: did play Zularetto. You showed it to me at your house. I yeah. think it was.
0: It yeah, might I have been it. when
1: you were living with your in
0: laws when we Probably. It was a long but, time. Yeah, ago. I
1: did enjoy it though. Awesome. Cool. I did like that one.
0: In I, fact, uh, Zularetto is getting reprint too. Yeah, that's, all right. that's right. It's a lot prettier too. <laughs> yeah, a lot prettier. A lot <laughs> <are> prettier. <laughs> I mean,. Uh, that's one of the games that my wife wholeheartedly hates. Really? And I like it a lot. But she I played like it Reto, and she I was like, was that fun. was the worst game she's ever played at that time. I and love
1: like, uh, I love the little trouts and, you know, the little animals. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for animal games. Uh, I love oh, yeah. I love uh, zoo games, like New York Zoo, even though there's, like, a little bit to deal with animals. There's
0: Aquaretto I have like, played the, that one. The water version of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, well, let's get into our episode today. <laughs> All right. Right, that was quite a divergent Yeah. Path. Um, by the way, this episode brought to you by ChatGPT. No, <laughs> <laughs> totally not true. Hey, Illuminus, thanks for coming How's it going, Illuminus? Your boop came in. Nice. Nice. All right, so we're going to be breaking down um, a company that we that just recently hit the scene not too long ago. That's why we said this is going to be kind of a shorter episode, and that's <laughs> Trick-or-Treat Studios. Daniel, do you want to give them the description of Trick-or-Treat Studios?
1: Uh, sure thing. Let me just uh, switch this over real quick. There you go. Now you all can see, Trick-or-Treat Studios is a commitment to bring you back... The look and feel, the golden age of costumes making. Uh, they're also doing products. Uh, they're people from the FX industry, professionals, unique artists, mask making legends. And we were just talking about touching on that earlier. Mm-hmm. They have beautiful masks. Uh, we were like really checking mm-hmm. them out. The Not this past Gamma. You probably looked at them this Gamma, but the Gamma mm-hmm. before they had yep. them. Uh, but they have also announced a gaming division where they have designers with Richard Garfield, Emerson Matsucci, Richard Lanius, Bruno Faduti, David Gregg. I'm not even going to try that last name. And Thomas Lehman. <laughs> Nick uh,
0: Badogliatica.
1: Yeah, I, that's why I didn't want to do that. But yeah, we've seen a lot of their games. I've played a few of them. Uh, one of the games I really, really enjoy, and I haven't even played it yet, It's a, because
0: it's a reprint of a game I've already played with the new
1: cooler theme on it. And we'll yeah. get to that
0: uh, later. We'll get to that in a bit. Now, as I briefly referenced earlier, is I got a chance to sit down with these guys and meet up quite a few of them mm-hmm. at uh, Gamma this year. Um, there's two main heads that, and um, their names are, for, are not coming to me at the moment. I'm sure I can look and find their business card and find out later. But they are incredibly passionate about what they do. Yeah. That I really, really love the energy that they have. Oh, God, they're the, so fun. The two main guys, that, like one guy is very, you know, calm you know, methodical. I like the excitable like, guy. Yeah. And then there's one guy who's just really animated. It reminds me of the Mythbusters, honestly.
1: Yeah, because uh, he... The sightable guy, I remember because he kept trying to. He kept telling us, "Shoot him! Shoot him!" And yeah. it was the rubber band game. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. But yeah. There's like a zombie game where it's got like these big chunky minis, and yep. you're shooting rubber bands. Like, uh, what is it? The dead? Uh, God, what is that game called? Like the rail shooters back in the arcade? Oh style. yeah, yeah. But you're using rubber g- finger guns, and so yeah,
0: which is amazing. It, <laughs> it was so such fun. a fun game. Yeah, and and just this company, they're really passionate about what they do. They've been longtime uh, mask and prop makers they'd like to make like high quality um like uh props that are used for different things uh, replicas of movie props mm-hmm. um one of the examples that they that they brought up that really excited me the replica that you could buy of the necronomicon from yep. Evil Dead from uh, that's like you know about 100 150 bucks or whatever yeah. that's them Yeah. okay so that's the level of quality that we're going with and when they were after they've been long established in different box stores they were also incredible board gamers. They they had long-time groups. They were playing games for 20-plus years or whatever as as friends. And out of all that time, they finally saw a market where they're like, you know what, now games are getting big enough mm-hmm. where they can put their own little Halloween dark twist to them yeah. and reprint some of those old ones that they really loved playing or work with some of the designers that they really respect, and then make some halloween games that are really worth our time
1: and the thing about it too is that they're taking games that are classics at one time and putting really cool themes on them now to follow into that trick-or-treat studio Mm -hmm. uh aspect of it but you also gotta look at the fact that they also go in just the classic line and bringing back some really uh um classic ish games but much better art Um, we'll get to that here in a minute
0: that's right Cool, so let's go get down into it. As always with these breakdowns, the way it works is that we try to go through their entire gameography, starting with the oldest games that are on their list and going up until the newest games that have been re- released or not even released yet. Yep. So let's talk about those. Here's the first one. Our there. first one is LA1, which I'm not going to lie, I know nothing about this Yeah, one. I
1: know nothing. Is it work with other detectives to solve cases uh, in the remains of Los Angeles. There's no votes on it. Uh, so, I don't know if this yeah, ever got Yeah, there is
0: through. no release date. Yeah. Um, so, it's up in the air. It's more than likely, it's probably... Yeah, upcoming releases. So, that we're going a little backwards right now. Right. But that's it, fine. it was
1: at the bottom, so... It was on the
0: bottom because there was no date. Now, I do want to point out real quick, because we're probably not going to come back to it. Richard Launius is one of the designers on this. Now, for those of you guys who are not familiar with Richard Launius, he used to work a lot with... Um, kind of like Fantasy Flight, some of them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his stories are... Or a lot of his games really heavy story driven they could take a few hours sure but he's really known for that he's made games that are like um like delve is basically like carcassonne in a dungeon delve but mm-hmm. there's like multiple events and stories that build from it okay. so i already like this like to solving cases in the remains of la a deduction game yeah from Richard Lanius
1: story driven cooperative adventure game you take on the role of detectives working for Mace and Doyle investigations who are helping one another resolve cases in the post-apocalyptic city that was once Los Angeles each case can be played individually or as part of a campaign because of multiple cards that can send investigations in different directions it's possible to play each case more than one time having different situations oh man that sounds really good
0: yeah yeah (laughs) I'm already in knowing that, that accolades that are already on there no offense to uh, Teron Lewis Kratz or Pete Shuri. Yeah. I don't I don't recognize those names at, at the beginning, but, yeah. I mean, maybe it could be good, but Richard is that's thats an accolade right there. Oh, yeah. Cool.
1: All right, next one here, Nightmare Productions.
0: All right. So this is a
1: re-implementation one. of Silver Screen, which is a Reiner-Kinizia game. So they even went with Yeah. It has a golden seal of excellence from uh, Dice Tower, apparently uh this is the auction one right yeah so you're producing movies that are four rounds your players are bidding and chips that represent the uh, genuine directors actors camera effects and stuff like that the way this one's you're trying to pay for like actors like the invisible man if i remember correctly or mm-hmm. the mummy and you're trying to make certain films and you're trying to score a certain amount of points i'm not a big fan of bidding games but this one has always intrigued me because of what is going on here right.
0: Is this a Kinesia that you would actually buy for your collection?
1: I might. I, I this is one of those I wanna try it first. Yeah. Because it looks so interesting. Yeah. Because again, you're you're trying to put Dracula in say maybe a horror comedy movie or something like that. So it has different aspects of what you're trying to do or hey i don't have that kind of money so let me just get like these bit actors my movie might not be that good but now i'm making more money for a better film later on
0: that makes sense
1: so i i, I do want to try this it looks very interesting very cool i love uh the artwork the cover artwork yeah the
0: cover alone is like my favorite part it's a mummy made up a film strip
1: yeah like so, that's great here's some of the pictures of the components there jim henson's muppets <laughs> i think this is from the original game yeah uh what did we say it was called i can't remember exactly
0: um it yeah. wasn't
1: nightmare productions it was a uh, silver silver cinema or something yes. like that silver screen yeah so those are the pictures some of the pictures from the old one i think this is the board for the new one yeah yeah so here's some of the components and stuff like that looks really interesting i do want to try um i believe i've seen copies of this at Target. but that's not uh, the new one there's no way right From Barnes, I think so. I don't think it is. That's an. That's the old one.
0: Huh. Well, maybe I don't know.
1: Yeah, but it looks like an interesting game. I love the artwork and the cover and stuff like that. So.
0: Cool. Moving on, two to five players. The next one we have is Halloween Party, (laughs) originally made in two thousand and four, also known as Talk 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 or Knock Knock. (laughs) It's the only rated uh, 4.5, but it's Bruno Duty and uh, who else is the designer?
1: Guineau Boquin?
0: Yeah, exactly. Jolly Roger Games, Konga Games, Trick or Treat Studio, and Asthma
1: So it's just a replay of like Knock Knock and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So, the idea, light, fast-paced card game for three to six players, as with Duty it normally is. Mm It was very simple, and since it's pure bluff, it can be played with children as well as adults. Halloween night? Host a big party in their dark castle, trying to attract the most interesting people—vampire, ghosts, or and other monsters. Regularly, there is a knock at your door, knock, knock. You must decide whether to open it or not. Each player tries to open up the nicest people to a uh, to avoid unwelcome guests, such as pure souls that will scare your guests, <laughs> as well as vampires sent to your opponents to so lure the best guests to their castle. So, really, what it is? It's I'm guessing, and I might be wrong, but I'm guessing it's like one of those. Um, uh like cockroach poker yeah thing, where kind of, i hand you a card if if you want it you get it and it's yours if you don't want it you're gonna hand it back to me and i gotta keep it okay okay first one to get like a certain number of things it at is a set collection yeah
1: i just again i'm not a big fan of like buff, bluffing games either and no. honestly for me for duty is hit or miss yeah. And mostly miss. I, I don't think there's a game that I've actually really loved of duties. Right. I enjoyed a few games here and there. but Yeah. Yes. There you go. All right. The next one here is Tricks and Treats. We talked about this one before. This is Emerson mm-hmm. Matsuchi. Uh, original name. Uh, here's the original cover. You actually
0: own this one, right? I used to. Yeah. I was not super impressed, and this was before Emerson Matsuchi got really big um yeah there was something about it that i don't know i didn't like much about it but go ahead and describe it and i'll explain why I uh, like you
1: it. and your friends have just returned from a fruitful trick-or-treating journey but now the real fun begins the grown-ups attached you and your friends to fairly distribute the candy pile but all of you have something else in mind be the one to get the most candy at the end of the game to win Uh, each player takes turn placing candy into several numbered hollywood candy baskets on the uh, halloween candy baskets on the table the objective is to have the most candy in your basket by the end of the game the catch is if another player can figure out which basket is yours he she can tattle on you and bump you out of the game i think that's probably one of the reasons why you don't like that because it's kind of the player elimination
0: no i'm fine with player elimination that's not the thing it's literally one of those things where it's where you have to purposefully play badly Mm. in order to do good in a weird way. So, like, literally, um, what it is, um, you've played um, BS, like the card game, right? No. Oh, you never played that? No. Oh, okay. Well, so the way this works then instead, it's similar to that idea, where it's literally you just draw a card of candy, and you put it in one of the basket cards, and then you're going to continue doing that, You can put it in yours, or you can put it in somebody else's. The only thing is, nobody knows who yours is. So, if I'm like, say for example, that skull basket, right? Yeah. I don't want you to think that I'm the skull basket. I want to be able to put candy into it. Mm -hmm. Because whoever has the most candy in their basket wins at the end of the game. Okay. However, if at any time you truly believe that I'm the the skull basket, you go back, Danny, you're the skull basket, then if i am the skull basket i'm eliminated if i'm not you're eliminated okay and it's just one of those things where it's like i don't know it's like that doesn't it's not that great (laughs) like as good as that sounds like i mean it's just not like it's okay i mean it's but you have to purposely make other ones bad
1: i will say this the art is much better on this one than it was on the original oh
0: by far Oh, much, much. Like, that <laughs> was really not impressive to me. And that was also in just a normal um, deck box, yeah. too. The original was in a deck box. This looks to be, like, one of those tagged, like, a yeah. little bit bigger boxes and a little bit better art. Gorgeous art, actually, really. They're really nice that. art there. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's better. I don't know. I'm not going to go out of my way to buy it.
1: Eh, if I find it for, like, on sale or out in the wild. Yeah, maybe I'll pick it up.
0: Sure. All right.
1: All right. Next one here.
0: Next one, Zombie Mania. I am stoked to talk about this one. This is a remake, another Rinder Kinesia from called Tatari was the original one. Uh, the idea of Zombie Mania is quite simple. You have a bunch of zombie tokens on your mat. start your turn with zero zombie tokens, you win. Simple as that. Now you're gonna re- be rolling eight dice and every time you roll the dice, you have to put aside at least one zombie die. Now, I, have you seen this game or you've played it, right? I haven't played it, but I've seen it yet. Have you felt the pieces? No. Oh, those zombies are, like, two inches tall, and they're, like, hard bake plastic. This is a really high-quality game. Every player board is, like, a thick cardboard, beautiful art board.
1: Same artist from the, the last one.
0: Yes. No, this artist is awesome, and I love that. Those are nice The dice, the dice are really nice. Uh, they're not inset. That's my only complaint with screen-printed. it. Screen-printed? They are screen-printed dice, but I... I've played it so many times and it hasn't been worn yet. Okay. So you roll eight dice and you have to set aside at least one zombie die. But then you can set aside whatever else you want. And then if you choose to roll after that, you roll whatever you haven't set aside. And again, you have to set aside at least one zombie die and whatever else you want. Because if you ever roll the dice and you can't set aside a zombie, then you bust and then your turn is over. Okay. But if you're able to set aside zombie tokens, which is what you really want then you're going to be able to get rid of those zombie, token, or, um, zombie tokens. Now, if you roll a pair of like the same zombies, that's what you activate. So, a pair of green zombies, it, that means you're going to move one zombie to the main board. That must be like a prototype board. That is yeah. absolutely not what, I'm <laughs> what it normally looks like. Um, but then you also have three other sides. You have gravestones, which you have to have a pair of gravestones to send them off of your mat. Okay. You can also roll a pair of houses which means that if you get the gravestones and houses you can send it to somebody else's mat only okay. means fewer zombies but you can also roll a times two because it's that little hand with the little X bones um that right there yep as you can see on the screen and that way you, you double the number of zombies you sent to the other player ah. now I was playing this wrong for a number of months when I found out about it I was playing it I was like and I was still having a lot of fun and I started talking to the guys from zombie uh, from trigger treat studios and he pointed out that I was playing it wrong. And the one little change ramped it to 11 for me. Wow. Because the the change that I was making, it's like, as soon as you get rid of all the zombies on your mat, you win. And he's like, no, no. You need to start your turn with zero zombies. Oh. Meaning if you empty it, everyone else has a chance to dump zombies on you. And what that ends up becoming is almost always... Um, one zombie just bouncing hot potatoing between the players until eventually someone just can't get rid of it and they just lose and then the following player wins.
1: Oh man that's It's
0: hilarious funny. when that happens. It, that's kinda cool. It ramped it so much higher for me. This is one of my go to um go to zombie dice games really, but it's really my one of my go to Halloween games now. Nice. Zombie Mania. All right, so the next game we're going to talk about is the one that
1: isn't horror theme. It's part of the classic line. The next one here is Gold
0: West.
1: Uh, you and me have both played it. Yep. I love the new R one. I love on the original
0: one. one. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: you're welcome, by the way. I still like to remind him. Yep. I want it, and I gave it to him.
0: I do appreciate that. It's yeah. not going to leave my collection.
1: The thing about it is, I liked Gold West. It's a fine little game. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't something that's going to get played a lot unless it's in this group, and I know you liked it more than I, the, I did. I loved it a lot, yeah. I do love that cover. Vincent Dutre art. I am a very big sucker for that kind of stuff. Uh, In this one, it's basically your uh, prospectors. You're building your mining empire. So you have like these little pieces. And it's like territory bidding, um, area Mm control-esque. You're trying to fill contracts. You have a Makala mechanism in this one. Um, I'll let you explain a little bit more. You know it better than I do. But yeah, I do enjoy this game. It's just... um, you like it more, so go
0: ahead. I mean, you're basically, you're spreading around your territory, uh, what you're trying to do. You're trying to settle certain uh, types of terrain around the map, but also at the same time, you're using the resources that you get to fulfill contracts. I do have to say this about this version of it, because I'm looking at it. That's the old Mm -hmm. one,
1: right? No, this is the new one. Oh, is it? It's much easier to read the different uh, areas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember the original, here's the original cover.
0: Yeah, the original cover, and you know, honestly, I'd like that cover. I do like the new one better. I That's just, the one. I do boy. like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, it's not not beautiful, but... Um, this new one's
1: much easier to, to read. Right.
0: No, it is, yeah. And, and overall, I, I think it's a great little game. Um, it's smart how it works, because all you're doing is just, you're just choosing one area to go for, right? Yeah. And you can either spread your influence there, you can boost them up, you can make them better. And uh, the original, like, wasn't that hard to read, but yeah, I mean, the new one is quite a bit better. Yeah. Because they have Vincent Trade Art and Adam P. McIver, which is honestly a super underrated artist, in my opinion. Mm, yeah. I think he's an awesome artist. We should do a breakdown of him one of these days. Yeah. There's a beautiful, beautiful cover. Yeah. That's that's pretty.
1: That's, that's a cover that can go on the wall.
0: Although, again, I don't mind the original.
1: The, the original's not bad. It, it conveyed what it needed yes. to convey. But this is such a beautiful cover. It is.
0: It is. But yeah, Gold West, overall pretty cool.
1: Alright, the next one on our list here is Blood Orders, Vampire Struggle for Control of an Unsuspecting City. Designed by Nick, (laughs) that name, Banalakia. Uh Yep, and this doesn't seem to be a remake either. No, this looks like it's a new uh, game. From the mechanisms, deck construction, hand management, simultaneous action selection, and worker placement. Hmm. Sounds very interesting. Uh, In Blood Orders, two to four opponents each take the roles of powerful but disgraced vampires... vampires, exiled from a centuries-old order and hoping to build a new underground kingdom of their own in an unfamiliar city. You're going to visit locations in disguise to gain resources, perform, perform arcane rituals, and hypnotize the citizenry. But most importantly... Turn hapless victims into the fresh, bloodthirsty vampire, vampires under your command. You must manage a continuously evolving Hand of Vampire cards at your command, sending them throughout the city to visit locations, perform arcane rituals, bewitch victims, recruit new vampires. Nine rounds. All of these activities take the form of cards activated by your order tokens on the board, allowing you to amass critical resources, perform useful, uh, useful actions, uh, as your power grows, so does fear within the city, making your quest increasingly difficult as the days go by. This sounds very intriguing and something I might actually enjoy. Yeah. Let's take a look at that cover and that board. That cover. First off, the cover.
0: I like it. I
1: like it, but it's not my favorite that I, we've seen no, so far. No, no, Let's look at some of the Definitely components not. here. board's not bad.
0: No. I mean, not great fine. either. That looks like Fidel up there, but... Is kind of weird, like it kind of does, yeah. briefly, but there's a man in a top hat. Never games better with a top hat.
1: Looks like your stuff is uh, behind a screen. I've always liked stuff like that. I love that little bat thing, yep. So it looks interesting. I love the the cardboard cut- cutouts here. That's pretty kind of cool.
0: Blood's weird green swirlies are caskets. That's good. I think the
1: swirlies are supposed to be the hypnotic thing, <laughs> must be. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Oh. Uh, I, I do want to try this one. I, I honestly have not seen this in the wild. It only came out last year, so it might be something you can only order online.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Ready for the next one? Let's do it. Next one. Troll Fest. This is by Bruno Fiduity. <laughs> um, Camille Matthew. Oh, this is so your game. Do you read the tagline? Uh Build a better... Oh, that's right. That's right. This is a monster-themed, like, rock band tour thing. Uh, build a better band than, than Tour the Continent on dragons. Freaking awesome. Anyway, so, for the first time, your band, which has... Or which so far had mostly played in shadowy goblin and vampire venues, has been invited to take a part in the great troll fest, which you will be... I'm sorry, this is so ridiculous, where you'll be the opening act with such big names, such as the Rolling Gnomes, and Snow White, and the Dwarves. In Trollfest, each player manages a rock band in a fantasy universe, recruits the most talented and charismatic musicians, holds concerts in the main city, hires dragons to transport and light shows, and ends up trying to give the best act in the festival. At the initial card draft of band members and action cards, players take turns moving around the map, performing shows, and improving their band composition to score points. Once one player has completed their tour, performing in a certain number of cities, the game ends, and the players score additional points based on their final band configuration. Three to six players, family game. This might be a duty game I like. I love everything That's about That's such a fun The mechanism,
1: closed drafting, point-to-point yep. movement, set collection. Dragons. Dragons. I I'll mean, I do more. have a dragon tattoo. Let's check this board out. Pretty decent board. Okay, yeah, Not going to lie, I wish functional. it was better.
0: Yeah, functional. It's all right. Let's look at some of these cards here. No, yeah, cards. Nice, I like. Make or break, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. Right. Okay, I'm thinking I'm seeing some Esther Nightwish Firm. Uh, I can't read some of those, but it looks like they're...
1: Alfreda Boulder or something or another. I like them. I like it. I like it. It looks good. I like the dragon. Look at that light show right there.
0: Yep. The light show is the dragon. Decent uh, components. Yep, just de- decent pieces. Don't look bad at all, yeah.
1: No, no, I, I kind of like it. I, I want to try this one. And
0: and I had forgotten about this. I keep forgetting about this one until, and, and I remember how excitedly <laughs> the the guys at, at Trick or Treat Studio was telling me about this. They're like, no, let me tell you about this game. You've got to hear about it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I might have to pick this one up. Cool.
1: So next game on our list here is the one we were talking about where you got rubber band guns trying to fight the zombies. That's right. World Z League. Zombies' biggest weakness turns out to be rubber bands. Uh, artist is Doug Nation. The designer is David Gray. Uh Zombies are taking over your town. Start shooting them with rubber bands, that is. Players set up zombie meeples in their player colors and around uh, uh, chipboard buildings then take turns trying to shoot down opposing zombies with rubber bands score points for opposing ones but be careful not to knock over your own in the process because again you're going to lose points on that aspect of it mm-hmm. uh this is it set up this is just really neat it's got some yep. nice little uh building pieces some chunky chunky <laughs> wood pieces nope that's a prototype
0: yep that's a prototype. Now, There is something I found out about this when I read the rules on how it actually plays Uh that it doesn't make obvious in this that I find really fascinating. There is a whole beginning round where you're actually setting up, you set up one piece of terrain and then you set up a zombie somewhere. The zombie body must be at least halfway visible depending on the terrain. But part of the game is you building it out and you knowing where you're putting your high value stuff. Uh, So there could be a little bit of bluffing. I could be like, well, I'm barely going to put this behind this massive building here. And then that's really my one-point zombie.
1: Yeah, no, this is fun. We had a great time shooting the zombies at uh, at uh, Gamma
0: 2021? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My, I only no, have 22. one argument against... Yeah. I only have one argument against this game, is that that cover does not describe what the game is by yeah. any sense.
1: No, it makes it look like it's zombie basketball.
0: Yes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, it has technically some rubber bands on it, but... Yeah. Like, and I just realized that the main banner is, it is a
1: rubber band, yeah. But
0: I don't understand World Z League.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's fun.
0: Yeah, it's it's good, silly fun. The, it makes way more sense to see it stand like yeah when you're playing up yeah than it is for anything else. Maybe we should play that for a Halloween this year. That'd be fun. Maybe. All right. The next one I'm definitely I definitely want to talk about because you this is one that I have played multiple times and I'm very familiar with Shadowgate: The Living Castle. Now, I believe one of my years, this was one of my anticipated games. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and I have bought this and I have played it a number of times. Two to four players board game based off of the original uh, NES remake, the original uh, like uh, Mac computer yeah. game, uh, which was a point and click adventure, and then they remade it like about six, seven years ago, twenty fourteen, for the PC, um, and a bunch of really, really to dedicated, really dedicated uh game developers went online and and did a kickstarter for it and i did back it and i have played the new one and it's just as good as it is one of the biggest things about this game is that (laughs) there's two big parts of it one you're going to die. Like that that the original video game was all about you just dying in the most ridiculous ways. Mm-hmm. I remember and I I'm sorry if this is giving away spoilers to the original video game, but again, if you haven't played it, that's way old. So That's like the 1980s. Not my problem. But there was one part where you go out to like a balcony and it's like a, there's like a thunderstorm happening and you have this metal rod and you're like, I don't know what to do. So you jam it in like this crack on the balcony. And it straight up shock, electrocutes you because you get struck by lightning and yeah. you die. Or you're like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go approach this item that's near the dragon. He sticks his head out, he incinerates you. Mm-hmm. And part of the game is all about just the silly ways you die. <laughs> and you die, you die, you yeah, die, you die, you die, die you die, die, you die. Um, It's hilarious how much you die in that. And this game is all about that too. There is a lot of situations where you're gonna take death cards, where it's just minus five points. Oh, okay, that's about it. It's pretty simple. Uh, the game itself is actually really simple. You're getting items. Uh, you're just trying to get higher stats than the quests that you're trying to complete. Each quest is worth points until mm-hmm. eventually there is a boss at the end where you're all collectively trying to beat him up. But really, it's the guy, the guy who like destroys him at the end that beats it. Did you to take a break real quick. Oh no, I just uh, had a burp. Okay, cool. And yeah, the Shadowgate. Overall, I mean, is it the most amazing game ever? No, but is it fun? Yeah, that's fun. A, it's a good little silly game that we that we've demoed at the shop a number of times. All right, so the next
1: game here is another one that I'm interested in. I know this you're interested. This, in this one, one, one is called Creature Feature. It's a Richard Garfield design. Uh, this one is a the game of hand management, bluffing. Uh, your movie agent representing actors who excel at particularly monstrous roles. Each round, you're assigned a co-star, a star, card numbers of value. And special abilities and auditions for a roll a tile worth points. Everyone reveal their co stars and have the opportunity to change where they're auditioning for instead of try for lesser films for fewer points. When he parts and score points, but there's a twist. If your star has a lower value than your co star, you can't win unless everyone else stops competing for that film. But if everyone does back off, you score extra points. So it's interesting how you have to finagle this. Uh, you're basically playing cards like this where you have a star and your co star and the numbers need to match up. But yeah, look at that art.
0: Oh, it's gorgeous. Such yeah.
1: good art. That's another thing about Trick or Tree Studio. They they don't skip on the art. No. But yeah, I do want to try this one. It looks interesting. Another one that I could pick up at um, Barnes and Noble in our area. Sure. So I was just, I keep waiting for them to do like a, put this on like the fifty percent off sale or something.
0: <laughs> it would go by real fast, oh, I yeah. feel.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it looks really interesting. Awesome.
0: The next one is a I game know. that's just brand spanking new, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it came out like less than a month ago. Um, it's cool looking. Yeah. Scott Rogers is the designer. This is a cooperative um, survival game where you are trying to go through.
1: Not to be mistaken with the Prospero Hall, Texas yes, Chainsaw Massacre game. board game. This is
0: Texas Chainsaw, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre board game. Yeah. That is, that is the official title of it. Um, The other one is like Slaughterhouse or something. And So this is based off the original movie, Mm -hmm. and this uses the same idea that you are just trying, depending on the size of the team, you're trying to look through the area, uh, search the grounds to try and find the key and the gas to get in that truck and get out of there. Mm -hmm. If you do that successfully, you win. Now, with this game, um, I've played it twice so far, and the first time was Miserable. Was it? Oh, yeah, because
1: yes. you, you're telling and me because you don't play with certain things.
0: Right. And so in the rules, I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you're interested in this game, I still think you should try it and, and play it because I think it's really fun. Okay. But the first time I played it, it was it was miserable because there is, it suggests that you do not play with objectives. Just ignore that because objectives are not that difficult. There's mm-hmm. nine that you can choose from. Um, I say shuffle them up, deal each player a random one. Go with that. Because that, the second time I played it, so much better. Because it's almost too easy to play without objectives. Okay. Like, we finished it in less time than it was to set up. Okay. Like, that's, we just, like, found the right items. We're like, oh, that's it? No. So, we we can go? Alright, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I don't think, like, I think one, at one point, like, my, my, my... Co-player, he stuck his head in the door. was like, "All right, well, okay, I'll." Oh, there's a key. Cool. And we just like left the property, and that was it. It was really underwhelming. But sounds like it. When we played with objectives, that stepped it up, and that was so much fun. That was like the same thing. Like, oh no, you have to win at the start of your turn. (laughs) That was the same idea. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre, really fun little game. I enjoyed it. Um, and by the way, pull up the picture of that bag.
1: Yeah, that's that. I was going to that thing.
0: It describes him in the rule book as the grotesque bag. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: That, that's an actual thing in the movie, so.
0: Yes. That is really disgusting and an amazing prop. And you have a little um, barbecue food tray for the slaughterhouse, cafe, yeah. whatever. That's the um, that's the first-player marker. And it's actually functional, too, because when you search the tokens, mm-hmm. you put them in there
1: into oh, the tray. Okay.
0: And then at the end of your turn, when you need to refill the bag, you just dump them from all the... Nice, okay. All those into there. It was really cool.
1: That's kind of cool. The next one here is one I'm really excited for. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. I have played this, but not this version. This, from everything i read, is a re-implementation of ever since Matsuchi's Spectre Ops, which was by Plat Hat Games. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't tag it on here, but this is a one versus many. One person is playing uh, as Michael Myers, and he's chasing down everybody else. Uh, Based on the original classic movie, Halloween, it's one versus many. Most of the players will run around the board, searching for houses for useful items and kids. Tommy and Lindsay, those are the kids from the movie. Uh, They can win the game by either causing enough damage to Michael Myers or finding Tommy, Lindsay, and a set of car keys so they can escape safely. Meanwhile, the player controlling Michael Myers will stalk them. Because he's only visible when someone is looking directly at him, he'll be ever-present danger throughout the game. The Myers player can win by killing enough characters or preventing the players from escaping for long enough. Uh, if players' characters is killed, they lose anything they're carrying, but will come on the board with a new character from the movie. So it's action points, hidden movement. It's a team-based game. Uh, from what I've read, it's a re-implementation of uh, Specter Ops. Uh, the, uh, the only thing is it's in reverse. In Specter Ops, you're the hunters trying to find the hidden player. Mm-hmm. The hidden player is trying to hunt the, <laughs> the actual players. But uh, I do have this on pre-order. Shipping is supposed to be happening about the 15th. So I might not be here when it, ha- it comes in. So right. that's why I'm going to have you take a look at the house. Oh, it. sure.
0: Yeah, that's the reason. There's yeah. just this game. Oh,
1: there and a couple other games. But yeah, for this one, for sure. Because I'm really... That arc, that cover is so nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Looks good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I love that that. That,
0: that, that uh, board is awful.
1: I don't know if that's... The, I think this is just the prototype board, but I love that, yeah. the fact that that's the. if that's the rule book, that's the movie poster for the original oh, yeah. huh.
0: Very cool. And the last one we wanted to talk about today, Treasure of the Dwarves. This is a remake of Dreadful Circus, which surprises me because Dreadful Circus was a really dark theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize they were making remaking this, but uh, Deep in the Mountains of the Dwarven Realm is where you'll find the best deals. Treasure of the Dwarves, you place... Treasures up for sale and evaluate secret bids of other players. So, um, I'm not going to read the whole thing because the way it works is quite simple. If you're familiar with Sheriff Nottingham, it's kind of that idea, except the way this works is is less about people bringing in their own stuff and you deciding whether you get it or not. This is more, um, they will be offering you uh, (laughs) tokens or money or whatever to try and buy whatever card you're selling. And you look at them and in whatever order you want, but then you decide on each player. So what that means is, like, let's say I put out a card, and you and our other two mutual friends are playing. And you, you're you like, hey, by the way, I'm just going to hand you my box. Shake, 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 shake. Anyway, here you go. And <laughs> you like make a real big show of like how loud it is. And it's just like completely over the top. And I can look at yours, and then like our mutual friend, uh, Gamehead Geek, might slide his over quietly. It's like, you should look at mine first. Just trust me. and So what's going to happen is I look at his and I immediately decide right then and there if I'm taking that or not. Because if I hand it back to him, I cannot come back to that offer. And I have to decide before I see anyone else's that I haven't seen yet. Okay, It's awesome. It That's works really well. I'm not am... a huge
1: fan of uh, Sheriff of Nottingham, but the way this works sounds a little bit more interesting.
0: I'm just surprised that they changed it from Dreadful Circus, because that was already a really dark-looking game. Probably because
1: they didn't have the, the rights to that, where maybe they can change the, the game style to this.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that was the original intent, was that it was dwarven treasure theme. But, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed odd. Either way, it was awesome. I like it a lot. So... There it is. That's Trick or Treat Studios. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this overview of their games, uh, this breakdown of the company itself and what to look for when you're buying games especially during the spooky season.
1: Yeah, no. I, uh, a lot of their stuff is intrigues me. I, I'm finally going to get my first uh, trick or treat studio in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I get that Halloween, I do want to try some like the Richard yeah. Garfield and stuff like that, the Kenizia one.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, no. I, I really do enjoy um, the look of their stuff. I love Spooky Season. I mm-hmm. love horror games. I love horror movies, for that matter. So, like, remember? I remember when we were talking about like our most anticipated games, and I found. Uh, The Halloween game, I got super excited because Halloween was my favorite scary movie growing up. It still is one of my favorites. Uh, But the fact that they're turning it into a board game and it's made by one of my favorite designers and it's got great art and I've met the guys at Trick or Treat
0: Studios and I know how much they love doing stuff Mm -hmm. like this uh, makes me happy. Very cool. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to join us on a live episode like at Brenda Luminous or any other of our viewers, you can do so at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames and by the way if you're with us right now watching this live episode stick around we're about to film another right after as well as all video re-uploads are found on youtube under
1: youtube.com slash at podcast if you like what we do there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform subscribe if you're not like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject as well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and now Apple.
0: And if you ever want to contact us directly, you can email us at everydayboardgames Board Games 2020 at gmail.com, whether that is to enter in a future contest, say hello, give us ideas for episodes, or, by the way, if you still want to go with that sponsorship. What, mm. what company was it that we said again? Game Nerds. Game Nerds, if you want to go with that spot, let's just let's. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Anyway, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, everyday is a good day for board gaming.